Good afternoon, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to the special edition of The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. We are joined by our managing editor, Heather Cagle, today as we share some highlights of our first half-day summit, The Findings, as part of our equity platform, The Punch Up. But first, a message from our sponsor. Target has a long-standing commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. DE&I are part of their core values, shape their culture, and drive their business. At Target, they focus on creating an inclusive guest experience, inclusive work environment, ensuring that they have a diverse workforce and are leveraging influence to drive positive impact on society. All right, let's get into it. For those who are unfamiliar with The Punch-Up, it is an equity platform we launched earlier this year, focused in our first year on racial equity and sustainability. The findings brought together a diverse set of leaders in the business world, government, and nonprofit sector to gather as a community and engage in an open and robust dialogue about racial equity and environmental sustainability. The conference included conversations with cohort members, working group sessions, and powerful keynote interviews. Our goal was to engage our community and bring together a dynamic group of leaders to amplify and create a space for inclusive and equitable dialogue. Breaking down silos, we want to facilitate productive conversations that can translate to collective action. All right, let's get into it. We have our top three takeaways. We're going to talk about number one, takeaways from our cohort conversations on racial equity and sustainability. Number two, the keynote by Andrea King, wife of MLK III. And number three, takeaways from our conversation with Adam Met of Planet Reimagine and Christy Drutman of Brown Girl Green. I'm going to hand it over to Heather Cagle, who kicked off our summit with a conversation on racial equity and just give, give us a sense of, you know, what we heard, what were some of the, the key things. It was a really a, a great panel. Yeah, thanks, Anna. So we were joined by Rick Wade from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Lori Castillo-Martinez from Salesforce, and Kimba Hendricks with OPM. Uh, I think the top takeaway from everyone on the panel was that when it comes to racial equity and, you know, driving change, both in public and private sectors, there is no end point. And you really have to get in that mindset to be successful, because if you're constantly striving for an end point, you're really not going to be successful and you're going to wear yourself down. And so they all three talked about kind of thinking of this more as health regimen and, you know, long-term goals are very important, but also setting incremental smaller goals that you can work to drive this bigger change and setting yourself up for success that way. I would also say the thing that I think is interesting about all these conversations that we had um, is that they all center around a long game, right? They all center around um, the kind of push and pull between instant gratification and instant progress and being patient with um, with goals and with the trek toward success. Yeah, it's a really good point, Jake. I think the other thing that I think Rick Wade um, had some really powerful commentary around making sure you enter spaces. Like everybody has their preconceived notions or they come at it with their own historical background. But the idea of being kind of one, charitable and understanding that about people and instead of being so quick to be so maybe aggressively judgmental or, you know, kind of in this cancel culture we are in now, but 
you know, especially here, understanding that everybody comes from it with this, you know, kind of their own perspective. You know, he, he had some really powerful thoughts on that. This was uh, an outgrowth of our cohort that we uh, held earlier this year where we had leaders from the public sector, the private sector, and the nonprofit world uh, have 90 minutes together where we did kind of Chatham House rules to really get off your talking points. It was a it was a great conversation. Should we move on to the number two? Let's do it. Jake Sherman himself moderated sustainability uh, and had a large conversation there with um, some really interesting people in the public and private sector. Yeah, I, I spoke to Laura Haynes Gillum, the Democratic Senior Policy Advisor for Clean Air and Climate at the Senate Committee on Environment and Public Works. Carla Walker, the U.S. Director of Environmental Justice and Equity on the World Resources Institute, at the World Resources Institute, and Caitlin Haberman, a senior staff member for the House Energy and Commerce Committee. I would say this, the the um, interesting thing for me, being somebody who's so focused on Capitol Hill, is to see these, these incredibly intelligent people who have been, I would say for a long time, having to be very patient over over um you know when you're when you're have a specialty like clean air or in some sustainability broadly speaking you have to weather the ups and downs of being in different partisan environments let's say this let's say this lightly and um uh keeping the faith and it was interesting because they had both of them um all three of them had uh talked about kind of the um the baby steps it took to get to a place where they had, you know, where Congress was able to pass the uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which included a massive down payment and investment in um, uh, sustainable technologies, uh, plug-in buses. And it was interesting to hear from Carla just the idea of working between the public and private sector on um, getting things like plug-in buses to reluctant municipalities, reluctant cities and states, school systems. Um, and from the other side, um, from the other two, understanding just the kind of how you have to wait out. And I mean, the, the last big in climate environment bill was almost 20 years ago. So you have to wait two decades between, between big bills, which I think to me is like very few people have the fortitude to do that. Yeah, I think the interesting thing for me, Laura Haynes Gillum had this quote that really stands out to me now that says, like, water, we find a way. And she said, yes, we had the Inflation Reduction Act this year. We had the bipartisan infrastructure bill. You know, so much money went into climate change and sustainability, but it wouldn't have happened without years and years of smaller wins that we were able to tuck into other bills that maybe a lot of people didn't notice. I mean, she's been a staffer on the Hill for more than 20 years, and Caitlin also talked about this, and Carla, just all of these little wins that they push for along the way to allow for this massive investment this year. It's also interesting because like, they talk, they think about it how we think about journalism in a lot of ways, right? She said, I forget who said this, but um, I think it was Laura who kind of said, um, you have to hit, you know, you, you want to hit home runs, but you need to hit some singles and doubles. That's what we think about in journalism, right? You can't hit a home run story without putting in the work and hitting and making, writing some of these shorter, um, less impactful pieces that lead to a very big impactful piece. 
Yeah, just, I mean, the the changing kind of just even mindset, right, on sustainability and how over the past 20 years, the conversation from cap and trade to a bunch of other things. And the the thing that I thought was really interesting was kind of that those smaller wins um, set the the groundwork, right? Laid the groundwork for just, you know, where the entire sustainability conversation is. It's so different than it was 20 years ago, whether it's you talk about recycling, whether you talk about electric vehicles, whether you talk about a lot of these things. The other thing that I really stuck out to me in our, in our, in the cohort conversation that we had, uh, as well as on stage is this kind of idea of the intersectionality that it can't just be a bunch of environmentalists that are talking about this, but like a lot of, and you don't, you know, often think about this, but like Laura was talking a lot about like, you know, as a Democrat trying to bring along business, right? Working with businesses, working with people that weren't just, you know, kind of in the every single moment talking about um, the environment as part of their job, but making the business case, right? And, and you know, as it was an interesting perspective from coming from the public sector. And one thing I was thinking about when, when this conversation was going on is that there are, even though Democrats passed the majority of this legislation, although there were some Republicans who voted for infrastructure, Republicans kind of stood lockstep uh, against many of these policies and provisions, but many Republican states and states that are represented by Republicans in Congress um, and even in governor's seats, governor man- governor's mansions, they are implementing these technologies. And and, and um, I just found that to be interesting. And I, I wish I had time to ask that question, but it's a totally different ballgame between like the partisan, the hot partisan rhetoric and whether these states and municipalities do take advantage of some of these technologies that Congress has laid the groundwork for. All right, let's move on to the number two uh, topic we're going to talk about, which was my conversation with Andrea Waters-King. She is the president and a social justice advocate of the Drum Major Institute. MLK Third had was supposed to join us, but unfortunately could not travel uh, because of a health issue. Um, but she was... I honestly thought one of a, a really powerful speaker, number one, but number two, talked a lot about what they're trying to do as they're on the precipice of the 60th anniversary of the I Have a Dream speech. Um, and in particular, what they are doing to try to amplify um, other brown and black organizations. So not just have the highlights on on their organization, but really giving direct money um, to a lot of organizations. Um, and they have a goal of $100 million, um, which is is a, a pretty incredible amount, um, but kind of activists at all different levels. Yeah, and I, I thought her, she talked about that. She talked about the impact that they're making on the ground. And then she left us with advice for our everyday. And the interesting thing is we approached the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington, of MLK's famous I Have a Dream speech. Her advice to everyone that attended the findings was to really go back and read some of his writings and slow down and sit with them because the the things that he preaches and talks about in his speeches and his sermons are still very applicable today. And I just thought that that was such good advice for all of us because I think we move through this world so fast and, you know, everything is a mile a minute and we're all on our phones. And so to come back and really sit down and sit with what he was saying and think about how we can apply that to our life, like she said, um, he shouldn't be treated like an idol because idols are put on a shelf and taken down once a year. Mm-hmm. You really should take the words and his message and try to live that every day. I also thought the, the one other in, one other thing she said in that vein, which I thought was interesting, was don't take other people's word for what Martin Luther King said or believed. Mm-hmm. She, she said what you said, Heather, but she also was just like, 
you should read it. You should see what you take away from it, mm-hmm. which I thought was 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 very interesting and powerful. And also just that idea that that you know, if your cup's running empty, right? There's different moments and things you we think of these kind of obviously blockbuster historical speeches, but the, you know, the writing he was doing, all of these things that you can kind of find different words for different moments, uh, particularly as you take on these very entrenched, systemic, long-term issues that aren't going to have that kind of fast uh, necessarily change. Let's move on to the number three uh, item we're going to talk about today, which was a really interesting conversation uh, that Heather moderated. This was after our working session. So we did something a little different uh, at this summit where it wasn't just a bunch of people talking at you, but we had um, a, folks at roundtables kind of doing prompts and and really kind of getting to know each other um, and kind of different perspectives and brainstorming. Uh, and then we had Adam Met of Plagin Reimagined and Christy Drutman of Brown Girl Green, uh, who had a conversation about intersectionality again, but also sustainability and kind of how how they are viewing the sustainability kind of movement uh, going forward. Yeah, and this conversation was really interesting for many reasons. Um, they both describe themselves as curators of content, which I really like. And I thought that was pretty informative to a lot of the leaders of the public and private sector who attended the findings, because a lot of these leaders have a lot of information about sustainability, but they don't know how to reach people and make it accessible, especially younger generations. And Adam and Christy are both really doing that. And they're doing that with the mindset, like you said, Anna, that the people who are most impacted by climate change and environmental change need to have a voice at the table and need to be heard from. And so I think both of what they talked about, about how to reach younger people, but also how to have intergenerational conversations about climate change and come to solutions that way was really informative for everyone in the room. All right, with that, we're going to close out this special edition of The Daily Punch. You can find out more about The Punch Up, the findings, and everything that we are doing in the equity space. Uh, We have big plans going forward at punchbowl.news. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and stay safe.